0: From the pinnacle of the media landscape, this is Market Edge. Join your host, Larry Weber, as he discovers the answers from analysts, entrepreneurs, and technologists who are preparing the blueprints for the future of marketing. Hear from those who are taking us to a new age of social media, e-communities, and the blogosphere. Blogosphere. Now, please welcome your host of Market Edge, Larry
1: Weber. Hi, and welcome to Market Edge. I'm your host, Larry Weber, chairman of W2 Group, a global marketing services ecosystem organized to help CMOs in their new role as builders of communities and content aggregators. Today, I'm really excited because we're going to talk to a legend in the advertising and marketing business, Jack Meyer of jackmeyer.com and the Jack Meyer's Media Business Report. For the past 30 years, Jack has been a leading media and advertising industry economist and researcher. His recently published book, Reconnecting with Customers, Building Brands and Profits in the Relationship Age, is being critically acclaimed as a key management guide for the new media age. The Myers Report newsletter, which is read daily by over 20,000 executives, is the most important chronicle of the media industry. Jack is a recipient of the George Foster Peabody Award and is an Emmy and Academy Award nominee for Hank Aaron, Chasing the Dream which he co-produced with Denzel Washington and Turner Broadcasting. Jack also serves as chairman of the Interactive TV Development Forum and is a board member of the e-commerce forum. Besides that, he's a nice guy. And, Jack, welcome to Market Edge.
2: Great to be here with you, Larry. Thanks.
1: Jack, why don't you at least, uh, for the sake of our audience, give us a little detail about, uh, about really what you do every day and what the deliverables are uh, to, to help our audience uh, uh, with the direction that your your company is going
2: uh, sure we provide vision insight and perspective on media advertising and entertainment we cross over both the traditional and the digital media uh, we cover uh, everything from the business and the media and advertising economy to uh, what's going on behind the scenes in primetime television, soap operas, digital video, uh, really cut across the board. Our audience is primarily uh, business executives in media, entertainment, and advertising, but uh, we also have just a number of uh, intelligent uh, TV fans who like to know what's going on behind the scenes, and it's all available at jackmyers.com.
1: Jack, tell us a little bit, let's start there. Tell us a little bit about what really is happening about television especially in this country i mean i have kids that i don't think have seen an advertisement in a couple years they do their homework they dvr the commercials and they'll watch three you know houses in a row or or, you know three uh... um, you know there are other favorite shows what's Mm -hmm. really happening what's what's going on well they probably
2: see they probably see more advertising than you or they realize but they're seeing it in different ways in different forms and formats, but clearly uh there's tremendous er- disruption uh in the traditional television model. Uh, we just uh, are seeing right now uh, the, the broadcast networks changing uh, their traditional development slate heavily because of the strike but also because of the ramifications of the DVR and TiVo uh, that they're moving away from the traditional fall season and launching uh, all their shows over a 30 or 60 day period in September and October uh, to more of a 52 week slate. We're seeing uh, rather than the the, the types of uh, delays that have happened when lost does eight episodes and then waits eight weeks and comes back with another uh, twelve episodes we 're seeing more and more programs going to the uh, twenty four model of of uh, eight twelve or twenty four twenty two or twenty four episodes in a in a row uh, so we 're seeing Uh, companies launch programs across multiple platforms at the same time, so you can not only see your primetime shows on NBC or Fox, but you can see them on Hulu or ABC.com or uh, AOL or Yahoo or VO or any number of video sites online. So uh, the traditional television uh, viewing model is completely changed and disrupted, and as a result of that, the advertising model is completely changed because to the point you make, people are not watching commercials in the traditional ways that they used to.
1: Tell tell our um, listeners a little bit about Hulu. You know they, that's gotten a lot of uh, uh, buzz around it lately, and uh, uh, would love your your uh, sure uh, your view of it.
2: Hulu is a free site, Hulu.com. It's owned by uh, both NBC and News Corp, which is, of course, the parent of Fox. And uh, it, it basically takes much of the primetime programming from NBC and Fox, as well as from other networks, uh, and uh, archived programming. So you can go in there and get the old Mary Tyler Moore shows and watch them, or old Cheers, uh, old Seinfeld uh, episodes and vignettes, and watch them online at Hulu. Uh, and it from a technology point of view hulu is probably the most elegant site the, in, the user interfaces is, is a very easy interface there's uh, a number of bells and whistles that make it very friendly to the viewer to watch the program and you watch advertising with that programming very limited amount of advertising uh 30 or 60 seconds for a half hour show but uh you do watch those ads and the recall to those ads are, are actually coming up higher uh than recall to much traditional advertising uh but it's hulu is just one of many sites that are out there where people can now watch broadcast and cable network television programming on a real time basis
1: do you think there's going to be a different model for the 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 viewing of the advertising i mean you know i i probably don't mind it i've watched hulu and and i don't mind that as much but one thing that really bothers me is like uh, I'll go and want, want to see some of the top today show for example um, you know clips from the morning and the MSNBC will force me to watch a 50 second or a 30 second spot uh you know before I can watch my video
2: yeah that 30 or 60 second spot is is very disruptive and I think we're going to move more and more toward the 15 second spot but I look at it Larry that that right now the networks and uh, agencies and advertisers are struggling to find new formulas, and overall I, l- I kind of look at the business as moving in two uh, disparate directions one one direction is the commoditization of the medium, just more commercials in as many different places as they can possibly put them uh, advertising online in any number of different forms and formats, ubiquitous advertising and and Walmart and Starbucks, almost everywhere you turn you see video screens now uh, with advertising and and content. Uh, So that's one direction. The second direction uh, that I believe advertising is moving in and media is more of a sponsorship type model. And we just uh, saw a recent announcement between NBC and Liberty Mutual where they're going to be introducing uh, Liberty Mutual Presents uh, regular movies on NBC, and it's a throwback to the uh, 50s and early 60s when almost all television programs were sponsored, Uh, or the throwback to the Mutual of Omaha, uh, Wild Kingdom, or uh, Hallmark Hall of Fame. Uh, we're we're going to see more of that sponsorship, but it can't be limited to just the television programming. That's where I think uh, the NBC Liberty Mutual uh, model might be missing. It has to extend beyond that into uh, sponsorship of events and cross-platform marketing, taking the message to the consumer in a branded format uh, so that uh, they understand that the advertiser is, in fact, responsible for bringing them content that they value. And, of course, that puts a tremendous pressure on the content to actually be valued. So I think we're moving toward a lot of co- advertising in content that's not particularly valued by the consumer, a lot of whether it's prime time programming or news aggregation or just that unlimited amount of information we have out there that has advertising attached to it versus content that people really value and want and are appreciative of the sponsors who who fund that and make that available to them
1: i couldn't agree with you more i mean i mean one of the issues with uh, obviously with web marketing is that it's, you know, been far more modeled after the direct business and sort of for immediacy and, and more from a product or a transaction perspective than a brand uh, experience. And I think maybe with Web 2.0 and the more valuing of content, you'll see some of the dollars shifting, you know, to branded experiences online and, and less focused on traditional television. Do you agree?
2: Yeah, I, I do, although I, I think television content, uh, as it cuts across platforms, will, will be valued on the Internet and, and sponsored. But I think you're right, that direct marketing platform and that accountability of advertising is becoming absolutely core to the business and the ability to get people to click on a message, uh, to respond to that advertising, to get more information or to follow up or to make a purchase, uh, is going to be increasingly relevant and critical to the success of of the content that that program that that advertising is in and there are a lot of models as you look at the television industry and the uh, online uh, industry out the next 5 6 years uh we're seeing more and more uh, uh realistic introduction of the interactive television model where people will actually and simply be able to respond uh, to the content they watch on television with some kind of uh, interactive activity.
1: Have you followed the interactive television platforms much, like the Brightcoves or, I guess, the Maven was just purchased by Yahoo? Um, and what's your view of some of those sort of white-label you know, uh, interactive television platforms?
2: Well, I, I wouldn't really consider them necessarily interactive television. They're interactive video with online distribution, and right. uh, there are, as you point out, there are several of those, and uh, they all have a role in a place. Uh, I think we'll see a lot of consolidation as uh, the, the industry tends to narrow itself down to two or three lead players in, in the uh, distribution of video, you know, what they're really doing is empowering websites to carry video and then to insert advertising into that video on across multiple uh, websites. And to, for, for, for you or me to take this program and make it a video program and then syndicate it out and make it universally and ubiquitously available on the Internet, uh, what's more interesting to me are companies like Backchannel uh, back channel media which is a boston-based company uh... that's developed the technology that as that truly allows people watching television on the television to pick up their remote control with no added hardware um... attached to the set or to their set-top box to simply pick up their typical remote control and push the select button when they're watching a commercial, and register on a website on their own website that uh, that they're interested in following up on that commercial, and then they can go to that uh, web page later on and see all the URLs uh, for the various commercials that they, uh, or even television programs that they uh, identified or bookmarked. And then they can uh after they're done with their viewing experience visit those websites um, online. Uh that to me is the type of development that uh will transcend a lot of the things that we're talking about because I still believe and I will you know, I will continue to believe until I'm proven wrong, uh that the television uh remains the dominant uh form of video uh, content distribution into the foreseeable future for professionally produced high-quality content, and that I, I continue to believe will, uh, will be the driving force behind uh, the advertising and media, and it's absolutely critical that the broadcast and cable industry develop interactive models that uh, allow for uh, easy consumer access to information from the television set.
1: I couldn't agree with you more. I'm going to pick up on that thread after we take a short commercial break. Please stand by. Audience, we'll be right back with Jack Myers and more of this fascinating conversation about the future of media.
0: Market Edge will continue in just a moment. Can you believe how long it takes to order food here? Uh, Here we go. Excuse me. She's not even looking over here. Great service is hard to come by. Whether you're sitting in a bar, restaurant, or creating effective search advertising campaigns. Um, excuse me. We got it. Put it up there, elves. Wow. Currency elves. Who knew? GoCurrency.com. Free currency converters, language translations, and more. GoCurrency.com. The whoring of Facebook for promotional purposes continues with the WebmasterRadio.fm Facebook fan page. Join our fans by clicking the Facebook logo on the WebmasterRadio.fm homepage and keep up to date with all the latest. Become a fan on Facebook.
2: WebmasterRadio.fm,
0: We're everywhere. From the pinnacle of the marketing landscape, we now return to Market Edge. Once again, here's your host, Larry Weber.
1: Welcome back to Market Edge. This is your host, Larry Weber, and I'm here today with Jack Myers, the uh, legend himself with (laughs) jackmyers.com and Jack Myers' media business report. He's a man that has shaped for over 30 years Really, what the advertising and media industry is going through. We were just talking a bit about, you know, the dominance of television and interactivity that's that's uh, quickly moving in there. Give us your views on, you know, the sort of flavor of the day now in the in the social media content, where where we're seeing, you know, video with YouTube and Google Video Mm -hmm. and Facebook starting to play with video. LinkedIn is starting to do it. What's your take on sort of that whole trend, Jack?
2: Well, I'm, I'm a big believer in social media. I'm a big fan of Facebook. I, I think Facebook has become an enormously valuable business tool as well as social tool. Uh, less a fan personally of MySpace, but I understand its appeal for a generation. And, and I think we're going to see uh, social networks evolve uh, where essentially people are designing and developing their own media, they use their Facebook page or their MySpace page to really identify the, uh, their favorite programming and their favorite links. There, there are two component parts of that: widgets, uh, which you know we used to refer to a widget as a, a make-believe tool that didn't really exist, and now a widget is really a, it's like a mini website that you can pick up and, and carry on your own. Uh, MySpace or Facebook page or your own website. So widgets are uh, virtually every television program, every website will ultimately have their own widget so that people can uh, load it onto their site. And then in an RSS feed type model, uh, programmers will be sending their most recent content down to people at their own viewing location. Uh so I think people uh consumers are going to be identifying their favorite programs and that's a positive for the television industry because television has the promotional clouts into the foreseeable future to launch programs that are become favorites like The Office or 30 Rock or CSI or or uh or sports or anything else sports ESPN Sports Center people won't necessarily watch sports center at ESPN they might watch it on their Facebook page um, but ESPN still controls the advertising uh in that distribution model so i think that's one uh, direction we're going in the second is 3D and i look at uh while second life has you know been identified as the 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 fastest trend to come and go in in the recent past i think virtual worlds uh continue to be a uh, a major growth area where people will come together and, and through their avatars uh, for both social and business purposes. And we're seeing a number of companies developing uh, sites, second life type sites uh, for their own corporate meetings and to engage their clients and customers. And then those sites become places where they identify content that are, they, that the companies believe, uh, is most relevant. And so the recommendation factor of social networking becomes huge, whether it's MySpace or a corporate site. And, uh, again, that's why I think brands, uh, that can truly define themselves as differentiated and relevant Uh, and that can get into that recommendation and word-of-mouth engine that social networks represent are going to be the most successful media brands of the future.
1: uh, We're seeing, too, that um, the enterprises or the businesses that you're referring to, even in a business-to-business mode, are starting to look at the power of video and rich media within the communities they're building of their customer sets. So it's really not just to the consumer markets.
2: Well, that's my sweet spot. I'm I'm in the business-to-business business category for media, entertainment, and advertising, and we absolutely have to uh, begin to expand our content out. Uh, uh, we're doing uh, a program called TiVo Worthy TV that we're launching in a couple of months. That will be a, a weekly three-minute mo- three video uh, that will be updated daily on uh Content, video content recommendations. We're taking the Jack Myers Media Business Report uh, and Media Biz Buzz, which is another one of our brands, and we're developing it into the video model. And basically, we're going to make those videos available to anyone who wants to put them on their site. So if if someone has a uh, soap opera site, we're going to take our Savoring Soaps. Uh, weekly uh, content and make that available to anyone who has a soap opera site. Even though we're doing B two B content, we believe that it'll be relevant out into the consumer markets as well. So again, it's that recommendation engine that that I think is is just radically altering the nature of our business. And then, of course, we all have to figure out how to monetize all of these new new distribution models. So if you, if you look back. Larry, as you well know, the history of of media, it's always been distribute content first, get your content in order, then you develop your distribution and you get your distribution model, which has been newsstands or subscriptions or putting it out on television or radio. And then it's been ad sales or subscription sales for monetization. Well, the subscription sales is pretty much disappearing. The distribution models are completely disrupted and changing radically. Um, And so, therefore, the ad sales models are changing with it. The one piece of stability is that content is still the core. And I think we're, we're just in the earliest stages of the investment community in Wall Street realizing how absolutely critical, strongly branded, differentiated, and relevant content is to the future of the business. And that's why I continue to think traditional media that can make the transition of their content into uh, new media distribution models are, are ahead of the game.
1: I couldn't agree with you more. It makes me think of uh, a question around sort of the long tail of content. Um, you know, obviously there's great professional content that sort of has its parentage in television and, and will continue to be strong, and you've already cited a lot of that. How about the idea of, you know, com or quiltinginamerica.com that you know almost taking a page out of the cable industry but almost having an infinite number of very very granular but but dedicated sites that have passionate um, uh, uh members of communities and and yeah. how that will relate to 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 brands and and companies
2: well that goes back to what I opened up with, this idea of this duality of the, of the marketplace, because sites like that, you know, bass fishing in, in northern Idaho, um, that, that, there's two revenue models for them. The, the first is their, you know, the, the indigenous tourism, uh, the people who are actively looking for that particular information on that particular site. And to the extent that they can generate a business there, uh, that's their, kind of their premium, uh, advertiser. Uh, but more importantly, they now have the opportunity to extend their content out through Google. They can get picked up by a, uh, by a, an outdoor sports, uh, ad sales network that will sell advertising. So they have several different avenues, uh, To sell ads through national sales networks to get more, uh, you know, to get the um, uh, appropriate advertisers who they might not be able to afford to go after on a standalone basis. The problem there is that those ads uh, through those national networks are relatively cheap costs per thousand, so they have to be able to combine up both the Uh, the premium advertising to really drive their business through their own indigenous marketplace, but then they have the opportunity to add some bonus revenues through the national networks.
1: Jack, you finished a book that people are raving about uh, called Reconnecting with Customers, Building Brands and Profits in the Relationship Age. Share with us a bit about the book so that uh, our uh, audience can run out to Amazon or their favorite place and click on it.
2: Well, I'll share with you information on, on both reconnecting with customers uh, in the relationship age as well as an even newer book called uh, Virtual Worlds Rewiring Your Emotional Future, which is uh, focused on how virtual worlds are impacting on our children and uh, how their their sensibilities are being changed from uh, our traditions of an intellectual model to uh, a more of an emotional model driven by the... Uh, the heart and the gut in addition to the brain, where we tend to be, our generation tends to be more brain-led. The relationship age, uh, reconnecting with customers in the relationship age, is is really focused on uh, the recognition that we're moving, that, that we're, we're in an tr- extremely transformative period, uh, moving from the industrial age into a completely new age that I call the relationship age. And just as we had a huge transformation at the end of the 18th century as a result of uh, Henry Ford and the assembly line uh, mass uh, production, assembly line, mass production, leading to mass marketing, mass merchandising, and ultimately uh, mass media being the real catalyst to, uh, for the economic growth of the second half of the 20th century. Now, as we're in the 21st century, uh, we need a completely new engine to drive our economic growth, and that engine is no longer industry and industrial capability, and it's not even technology and technological capability. It's The ability to build relationships uh, by using technology and that it's those companies and those individuals who are most successful in uh, building relationships and managing relationships and using technology to advance their relationships that are going to be successful. That's why social networking is experiencing such uh, tremendous growth. And from a business point of view, it's really understanding uh... the importance of brands uh... to your success and that again if you if you're not differentiated if you're not relevant to your consumer uh... you're in a commodity business and you're going to be priced essentially toward free and you have to develop different revenues models around your product around giving away your product which is what we have on the internet with content being essentially free have to develop other revenue models And then what are those revenue models? If you can develop real valued content, uh, real valued relationships, uh, real valued brand equity around your differentiation and your relevance, uh, then then you have a completely different set of business opportunities that you can exploit.
1: Couldn't agree more. Jack, I couldn't let you get away without, we've talked a lot about the media side of things, you know, tell me, tell us a, your view of the future of my old stomping ground. You know, the traditional holding companies of of advertising and marketing, the WPPs, and I know they're not all created equal right now. Interpublics, right. Publicis, Omnicom. What's there? What's the crystal ball that Jack uh, that Jack Meyer is looking yeah. at, at uh, that that uh, sees in the future of these multi billion dollar holding companies?
2: Well, as we've seen, especially at WPP uh, and to a lesser extent at Publisys, we're seeing they're in their media groups, uh, Group M at and, and, uh, WPP and Starcom at uh, Publisys, we're seeing investment in media properties, media companies. Uh, Publisys has their DeNuo division making investments through sweat equity. WPP is making more direct uh, investment in media companies and media service companies, and I think we 're going to see a continuation of that uh, of that process where the uh, holding companies begin to invest in media and essentially become both buyers and sellers in in, in a way uh i believe the creative shops and the media shops are ultimately going to find ways to merge back together so we're going to see a further round of uh both unbundling as well as rebundling and consolidation uh as media comp- media the media buyers and sellers realize that they have to offer creative capabilities uh and the creative shops realize which they have been that they have to offer uh, media capabilities and they need to be more integrated. Uh, I think the, the current model of all the different capabilities, public relations, event marketing, promotion, uh, advertising, interactive advertising, media, all being separated uh, is essentially a, a non-starter 10 years from now. I just don't think it will be a functional model uh for the most successful companies and i believe we're going to see a, the recreation of the old-fashioned uh advertising marketing agency uh but built around teams uh that are put together for supporting individual client initiatives uh where uh, a group a team really has a sense of of the gestalt of the totality i don't think you can go into the marketplace today uh and be effective when you're looking at each individual marketing capability as being disparate distinct and separate from all the others
1: music to my ears in fact my current book marketing to the social web has a chapter dedicated to what you just said and i couldn't agree more that that's what the uh, agency service model is going to look like one last question i always always ask my uh, guest jack even it doesn't have to have anything to do with your business our business or the listeners' business, any cool sites or one site that you'd like to share that maybe people haven't been on that you just think is, you know, the, the cat's pajamas here uh, that uh, you've recently stumbled upon?
2: You mean other than com? <laughs> right, other than <laughs> <jackmeyers.com>. <laughs> Uh Let's see. Well, someone told me about com, but uh, I don't think I want to – necessarily say that <laughs> I'm recommending that as people will go check that out. Uh, you know, the, the one that's getting, uh, there, there are a lot of sites. I like uh, the content that's at Worldwide Biggies, uh, yep. which, which is a content-based site, and, and they're putting out a lot of content they have, uh, that they're distributing out across a number of uh, programmers. Uh, NextNewNetworks.com, uh, both coming from... Executives out of the MTV family, and Blip.tv, uh, also a lot of professionally produced, uh, really excellent content um, that, uh, that's getting a lot of buzz.
1: Jack Myers, head of JackMyers.com and Jack Myers Media Business Report, and one of our greatest thinkers on the future of media marketing and advertising. Thanks for being with
2: MarketEdge today, Jack. That's very kind, Larry. Thanks, and it's uh, great to be here and uh, continued success with your book and with uh, this program.
1: Thanks a lot. And everybody else that was listening, be sure to stay tuned with us next Tuesday at 12 noon Eastern Time in the U.S. at webmasterradio.fm for another great show on Market Edge. This is Larry Weber. Bye-bye.